0: Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ, warriors for the truth, proclaimers and defenders of God's Word and the biblical worldview. We don't know exactly where everybody's listening from until you guys connect with us or send us an email, say hello, reach out, um, or donate or make a donation uh, to the ministry. So Thursday we heard from Maine, and I just want to thank Rick. He's out there in Presque Isle. And then we were down to three. Over the weekend on Saturday, we heard from Michael in Boulder, Utah. And so he sent a donation in. And now we're down to who's going to be last? <laughs> who's going to be last? I, I think we have listeners in Connecticut and Rhode Island, but I'm not sure. But so the Northeast, the last places, Connecticut and Rhode Island. Um, that we have received, we have not received a donation from yet. This is just fun, and again, it's not a matter of you know begging for money or anything like that. It's just fun to see where people are listening from and responding to the podcast. So let's go straight to local news here. I mean, local, big time, state news in Wisconsin. A what the uh, pundits are calling the most consequential election of twenty twenty three, the Wisconsin Supreme Court election taking place tomorrow, unless you voted already. Former Justice Daniel Kelly is going against a, a liberal feminist activist, Judge Janet Protasiewicz. I think I said that right. Uh, she's a Democrat running to replace a, uh, the Justice um, Rogensack that's retiring on the Wisconsin Supreme Court. This election will decide the ideological makeup of the state court. And as you know, Wisconsin is a swing state, What's on the line here? Everything voter ID, school choice, parents' rights, election integrity, medical freedom, abortion, transgender ideology. Uh, um, you know, how do we handle minors when it comes to the transgender information and, and quote medical procedures, which are not medical as you and I know. But that's what they're calling them. Um, so, <laughs> you want to protect your children? You want to protect our freedom if you're against judicial activism and you want to prevent it. If you want to uphold the rule of law, then uh, uh, Justice Daniel Kelly is running for the Wisconsin Supreme Court, and you can vote for him tomorrow. Also, want to shout out to Jason Dorn. We want to shout out to Jenny Palzewicz. She's local. She's from our church. So you've got a sister in Christ running for the city of De Pere, right next to Green Bay, Wisconsin, and she's running for Alderperson. District 4, so you know you've got a Bible-believing, conservative Christian running. And for those of you in her district, you can vote at St. Mark Lutheran Church on Lawrence Drive in Deep Pier tomorrow. She is the Christian conservative choice, Jenny Palzewicz. So there's my two cents on that. Now, on this other issue, the DHS is allowing immigrant applicants to select gender of their choosing. Apparently, when they're, oh this is Homeland Security, right, their policies, um, they're now allowing applicants to select whatever gender they want, not having to provide any documentation or provide any proof or anything matching whatever gender they're putting down. And this is just part of the chaos. This is part of the confusion of the left. They create, they manufacture crises, they create them, they make them worse, they make the chaos almost unbearable. So people just either tune it out, which is dangerous when good people do nothing. When good people tune it out, when good people look the other way, it's dangerous. That's where we're at in the country, but don't let that seep into the church, friends. I want remind you, our pastor, great sermon yesterday. He broke away from the verse-by-verse teachings because of what's been happening in our country, and I'm so thankful to have a watchman on the wall in Pastor Kevin Minsky at Christ the Rock Church in Deep not affiliated or related in any way to the megachurch in Menasha, Wisconsin, Christ the Rock Christ Rock is a small church in Deep here Wisconsin. Uh, when I say small, man, we're we're growing because people love the teaching and the, unash- the being unashamed of the gospel and the teaching the whole counsel of God. But I want to mention um, Ephesians six reminds us in part. This it's a great chapter, verse eleven. Put on the armor of God, the full armor. Why? Well, so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. Stop. Friends, how does that look in your life? What does that look like, putting on the full armor of God, being alert, discerning, understanding the times, being prayed up? I need some help in this area. I I admit, recently with my time management, getting up early in the morning and getting in the Word of God, I do uh, almost daily, and I have for over 20 years, but um, I've missed a handful of days, but these recent days, it's distracted. Maybe my mind's somewhere else. We've got to discipline ourselves unto godliness. We've got to get in the Word. But Ephesians, again, six, eleven, and 12. Let me start at verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of His might. I'm reading from the New American Standard. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Now, there are human beings that the devil is using. I believe that would be under the category of spiritual forces of wickedness. Actually, that's in the heavenly places, but forces of darkness. Forces of darkness. The enemy uses minions, human beings. And we know from First John and from other places in the Bible, you either love God and believe in Him and have received Jesus and have the Holy Spirit in you, or you are following the enemy of God and the Antichrist, spirit of the age, you have an unholy spirit that you are submitting to in your life. You, You cannot serve two masters. I know the context of that particular verse is about money, but this goes for being for Christ or against Christ. Jesus said, whoever is not for us is against us. So, very important scriptures and very important to remember that our struggle is not against human beings, but the enemy uses human beings. Put that in perspective. They need to be saved. They need to come to the knowledge of the truth. Jesus, uh, uh, Paul was writing to Timothy and said, God wants all mankind to be saved and to come to knowledge of the truth. We know that they won't. In context of some of the stuff we're going to get into this hour, and some of it's disturbing, we're going to talk about the media narrative after the shooting uh, last last, uh, Monday at the Christian school. They are targeting Christians, and now they're blaming Christians and they are justifying transgender violence. We'll talk about that. Uh, Ben Shapiro wrote a great article over at American Family Network called Meet the Victim of a School Shooting, the Misgendered Trans Murderer. Uh, We're also going to talk about um, the FBI and one excuse that they're using for not arresting or prosecuting or even finding, investigating all those that, that have clinics that have been firebombed, pro-life pregnancy clinics, and churches that have been vandalized or um, whatever they do to different churches. I mean, it's it's hundreds of cases now, and I'll show you, there's another excuse that just you're not going to believe it. You're not going to believe it. And then we're going to talk about the big C and the big S shot and the injuries, and we're going to talk about the amount of money and damages now. New surveys and studies have come out. ...to talk about, and it is really disappointing. Um, there's an event coming up. I believe Alex Newman is going to be speaking there. We just had Alex on last week. Uh, it's going to be put on by Wisconsin Christian News. It's called The Great Pushback Against the Great Reset. April 14 and 15, it's sponsored by Pass the Salt Ministries and Coach Dave. Pass the Salt Ministries, April 14 and 15, Exposing the Great Reset, The Great Narrative and The Great Deception. They will be talking about how Bible prophecy is unfolding before our very eyes, talking about preparing the end-time church to counter this wickedness, talking about awakening ministers of truth to be pastors on the front line, and focusing our efforts local instead of global, and much more. So again, it's called The Great Pushback Against the Great Reset. You can check out Wisconsin Christian News. You can check out Pass the Salt Ministries. And Alex Newman mentioned that. Um, I don't remember if Pastor Matt Truella is speaking there. I know he spoke there last year, I think. So check that out. Just something to keep your eye on. I'll keep it here and I'll announce it another couple times because that's in a few weeks. Okay. So let's go. Oh, first of all, I have a scripture that I was reading this morning in Second Timothy. I want to share this. Kind of opened up my eyes in an, in a new way to what's happening regarding the attacks against Bible believing Christians and against God. And what these people are influenced by or how this all works. So second Timothy, at the end of chapter two, uh, verse 24 says the Lord's servant or bond servant must not be quarrelsome, but be kind to all, able to teach, patient when wronged, with gentleness, correcting those who are in oppo- opposition, correcting those who are in opposition. Do we do that? Or do we say, no, if I correct those who are in opposition to the truth, they're going to call me whatever, fill in the blank, of (laughs) whatever word they might call you. (laughs) Jeez. I'm hateful, intolerant, divisive, homophobe, transphobe, uh, racist, sexist, whatever. So correct those who are in opposition. If perhaps God may grant them repentance leading to the knowledge of the truth. Verse 26, And that they may come to their senses. And listen to this. Escape the snare of the devil, having been held captive by him to do his will. One of the prayers patterned in the scriptures that Jesus set forth is praying for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we want his will. And this is clearly saying that Satan has a will. The devil has a will. And he has held people captive and is holding many captive. And it says they need to come to their senses, which is what what we just read. 2 Timothy 2, verses 24, 25, and 26 having been held captive by him to do his will. So they are held captive, friends. They are in bondage if they do not know the truth. How can they know the truth? Well, we have to be truth proclaimers and defenders. Now, this article that I, uh, gosh, when this came out several weeks ago by our friend Cheryl Chumley at the Washington Times. We've had her on the podcast several times. i got to get her back on. She was over in Israel. I know she has some stories to tell. But she says, um, what organizations would you call the world's most dangerous? What philosophies would you suggest need to be watched or even policed because of their obvious threats to human life? Now, if you think this is just a hypothetical or academic exercise, consider that the United Nations have already answered this question. The worldview they have declared to be the most dangerous of all. The one way of believing and behaving that they think needs to be shut down and silenced because of its threat to the world is biblical Christianity, the U.N. Hyperbolic and exaggeration, you say? Consider this story reported by her in the Washington Times. 53rd meeting of the U.N. Human Rights Council um, last month. Ms. Chumley says the U.N. is poised to release a report on the perceived contradictions between the LGBTQ agenda and religious teachings. The U.N.'s own website announced, quote, an independent expert on the protection against violence and discrimination based on sexual orientation and gender identity, S-O-G-I, sexual orientation and gender identity, SOGI is a thing, Will give an update on how to prevent violence against those who identify with the LGBTQ community, and who will be at the top of this list of experts and uh, uh, the, the this uh, this list of violent extremists. Well, the UN United Nations has answers for that. They will explore the legal, political, and ethical dynamics between the human rights of persons with diverse sexual orientations and gender identities, and the human right to freedom of religion or belief. It says, quote, Our report will examine long-established and emerging discourses driving perceived contradictions between the right to freedom of religion or belief and freedom from violence and discrimination, end quote. In case you missed the obvious, what the smart people at the pinnacles of power, the globalists, are saying is this. If you are a practicing Christian who believes what the Bible says, you are bad, very, very bad, and you represent one of the greatest threats to the international communities, hell-bent determination to dumb down the definition of human identity to nothing more than the sum total of human inclinations and desires and feelings. Stated another way, if you believe that, none of us have to settle for being, quote, born that way, and that everyone can instead be born again, if you believe that, that we could learn to actually control ourselves and be defined by our Lord rather than by our youthful lusts and sexual desires and whatever thought might give us you know, pleasure, then they say, You're a bigot, a hater, a racist, a homophobe, a potential perpetrator of violence and discrimination against the entire human race. Now, I'm exaggerating to a point, but we have to understand what's happening here, guys. We really have to understand what's going on and the way this narrative is being framed. And I'm so glad our pastor, Kevin Minsky, talked about this yesterday at church to some degree. And he quoted some people from the government to even church leaders of different denominations, how they respond to this issue. And I'll tell you, friends, um, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. So last month, police in Australia declared that the Christian fundamentalist belief system known as premillennialism was responsible for a recent act of domestic terrorism in their country. We talked about this briefly a week or so ago on the podcast. So, and then there's AOC, representative. She's a Democrat and Marxist and radical. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Uh, she tweeted about a, she accused a group of Christians who put these ads up during the Super Bowl. We don't need to get into that again because we already dissected those ads that were social justice based. But she's accused them of being kind of uh, fascist. Anyway, um, this is the rhetoric now, and practicing Christians are the fascists and terrorists. Now, we're going to continue. We will continue the media narrative. This is over at prophecywatch.com. Media narrative after the shooting last week. Christianity is the problem, not the solution. What is our worldview, friends? Believing the truth of the Bible and the only in the only one who can save Jesus Christ, our living Lord and Savior. Um, he's the solution. Christianity is the solution, but that's that doesn't go the way of the world. So, um, yeah, you know what? I don't need to get into. It. It's kind of a lengthy article, but maybe we'll just link to it. I mean, the title. Of the article says it all, media narrative after shooting, Christianity is the problem, not the solution. See, very little emphasis in in the Marxist media in America focuses on the victims of the shooting that were targeted at a Christian school. Even the head pastor's daughter, nine-year-old daughter, was executed. Three children three adults were executed because of what they believed, because of who they were in Christ. And we're going to talk about this tomorrow, by the way. Um, J.B. Hickson and I were texting back and forth over the weekend, and we're going to talk about this tomorrow. I can't wait to get his take on the coming persecution and what we need to be ready for. friend. I know a lot of people that you know, Christians... Well meaning, I will parenthetically insert, they're going to check out. They said, whoa, 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 there's a cost? I didn't sign up for this. I didn't sign up for that. No, 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 no. I mean, it's enough being called hateful. You know, it's enough being called names and being discriminated against. I didn't sign up for real persecution. Well, read your Bible, please. Read, please. Read the Bible. And study church history. Um okay, swimmers other articles. Now, I'll pass on that one. So, here's the article by Ben Shapiro. And by the way, um there's so many other ones. There's a great Natasha Crane. We just had her on the podcast a week or so ago. Phenomenal uh, author and uh, voice of reason and truth along with, you know, Alisa Childers. They're doing a Podcast together now, but she has an article at natashacrane.com, School Shootings and the Mockery of Thoughts and Prayers. Whenever someone says our thoughts and prayers go out to, you know, I mean, it, it yeah, it can be such a benign statement, but depending on who's saying it, you're either going to be encouraged or supported or you're going to be criticized for saying your thoughts and prayers. Anyway, she gets it pretty extensive there talking about this, and she responds to the shooting last week. One progressive talk show host wrote on Twitter, very surprising that there would be a mass shooting at a Christian school, given that lack of prayer is often blamed for these horrific events. Is it possible they weren't praying enough or praying correctly, despite being a Christian school? Can you believe that? The guy's name is David Packman David, P-A-K-M-A-N. Let's go back to that scripture in Timothy, please. Um, He needs to come to the knowledge of the truth that he might come to his senses and escape the snare of the devil because he is being held captive by the devil to do his will. There, I just put a person. I gave you a real-life example of something demonic and satanic and someone who is I mean, that's just that's an evil statement, and, and it recently was taken down. But the, again, that 2 Timothy 2.26. These people, minions, forces of darkness, human and demonic, by the way, but these are the human side, held captive by the devil to do his will. So another quote journalist, and you have to put air quotes around journalists nine out of ten times when you see that word today. He said, Brian Krasenstein Brian Krassenstein tweeted, your thoughts and prayers aren't working. Praying only works if you make the changes to help. What are changes? Gun, anti-gun law, you know, gun legislation against the second amendment and whatever else. Another film composer, Mervyn Warren said, he tweeted, the people at the Christian school in Nashville prayed that their children would be safe. How did that work out for them? Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. When I first read that, it made me angry. Yes, yes, and if I had blood pressure issues, they would, I would ha- have a major issue right now. But this is the world, friends. Jesus said, if they hated me, they will hate you. Why? They hated him first. And we are not of the world. So I don't want to go any further other than quoting Natasha Crane when she said, let's sum up what Christians believe, and this is a lengthy article at her website, let's sum up what Christians believe. God exists, he's perfectly good, and that goodness is the basis for the objective moral standards by which we can call things good and evil. School shootings are objectively evil. School shootings and other evil actions will always occur in our world, Because God created us with free will. We don't expect prayer to eliminate free will because that's the nature of our created world. We pray for God's help in the midst of evil. Prayer is in addition to, not instead of, other human action. And there's more from Natasha Crane talking about the mockery of thoughts and prayers. I think we are going to... Yeah, we'll put that article in... The podcast post at StandUpForTheTruth.com. And Ben Shapiro. In the perverse world of leftist victimology, this makes sense. If you're a member of a supposedly victimized group, you cannot be the victimizer. There must be another victimizer who has victimized you, turning you back into a victim. The legacy media have a present narrative machine when it comes to mass shootings. That narrative machine takes into account the identities of the shooter and the victims and then churns out an explanation for the shooting. White shooter, black victims, systemic racism. Black shooter, white victims, alienation caused by systemic racism. Muslim shooter, gay victims, Christian homophobia. On Monday, a self-identified 28-year-old trans man shot up a Christian school in Nashville, killing three children, three adults. The shooter left a manifesto, which police say reeked of resentment against Christians. So this week we're learning what pops up in the narrative machine when the inputs are trans man and Christian school children. And here's what pops up. Ben Shapiro writes, quote, America is systemically cruel to trans people, who apparently cannot be blamed for losing control and targeting small children at Christian schools. A hate crime by a trans-identifying person against a religious group is immediately transmuted into a generalized societal crime against the mass shooter herself. Thus, NBC contributor Benjamin Ryan tweeted, quote, NBC has ID'd the Nashville school shooter. Nashville is home to the Daily Wire, a hub of anti-trans activity by Matt Walsh, Ben Shapiro, and Michael Knowles. Newsweek tweeted, quote, Tennessee Republicans ban on drag shows criticized after mass shooting. ABC News correspondent Terry Moran stated that the shooter identified herself as a trans person and then connected it with the state of Tennessee earlier this month. Passed and the governor signed a bill that banned transgender, here's the word, medical care for minors. Medical care? That's... Pause right there. There's a reason we'll get to this in the next segment on what's happened now. Hindsight. The damage caused by the big C and the big S. The shot. More coming up on Stand For The Truth if you can take it. Remember, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. We'll be right back. Feedback, questions, and topic suggestions are always appreciated. Email us at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. All right, guys, the, back to this article. And again, I'm reading from, I've been reading from a couple different articles. One was by Natasha Crane School Shootings and the Mockery of Thoughts and Prayers, a Christian Response. Um, the Blaze, two days after a transsexual slaughtered six Christians, Democrat Rep. Catherine Clark says, Oh, my goodness. Mm. The trans community is being forced to fight for its very existence. So no mention of the victims because they were Christians. And then this article by Ben Shapiro over at American Family Network, AFN.net, meet the victim of a school shooting, the misgendered trans murderer. And we are down to, um, we mentioned medical care for minors. One reason, that's I mean, Scott Shera was on the podcast Friday announcing his landmark lawsuit against a hospital and some staff and against their protocols that killed their daughter, Grace, 19. Um, and he said, well, one of the reasons we trust the medical community, we've been programmed to trust them no matter what, and we shouldn't anymore. Not all, I'm not saying I'm, all of them are bad. I'm not saying all of them are good. I'm just saying, man, do your research and always have an advocate when you have to go to the hospital, um, especially for something serious. Um, because they take an oath. Do no harm. They take an oath. Do no harm. And we trust that. But you can't anymore. We've seen the damage. And I'll get to that in a few minutes. Back to this article. Um, Okay. He was talking about the legacy media. And then this is the new civil rights crusade the left has built, directed against traditional roles and institutions. To admit the obvious <laughs> that men cannot be women, and vice versa, that believing you were born in the wrong body is a mental disorder, not a weapon to be used in tearing down an society, an unjust society, in their words. That high rates of depression and suicidal ideation among those who identify as transgender is not caused predominantly by social or societal intolerance but by the disorder itself. That undermines this agenda, this thing that they are building, this narrative that's directed against primarily people of faith. So the new narrative must be maintained. A woman who shot to death six people, including three children in cold cold blood, must be recast by the Democrats and the media and the Marxists and the globalists and others. We must respect, quote, his pronouns even as we we report, quote, his murders. Now, it was a biological woman, right? We must blame those who truly cause pain in the world, those who disagree with the thought leaders in our legacy media, who know better than all the common sense, biology, and tradition in the world. And I'll say also who know better than the Word of God, the Word of truth, the Bible, the inerrant God-breathed, inspired scriptures. And I'm just going to show you uh, um, how the media cannot be trusted anymore. I started writing and blogging originally years ago because of this problem we have with people believing, drinking the Kool-Aid, believing what the media was reporting, media bias, and it was horrendous, and I've written much about that in the past. But I came across the Media Research Center's study. They came across this information. Um, these numbers – now, friends, I just posted this meme over the weekend. These numbers come from actual surveys of the uh, Democrat media, ABC, CBS, NBC, um, and not to mention the local media. They take their cues from the big three and the liberal, uber-liberal, anti-Christian-associated press. I use those descriptors on purpose. They are not serving all Americans, and they haven't for well over a half century. Well over a half century. Marxist media in America are completely obsessed with President Trump. They are not interested in truth. They are complicit in dividing people. Why did I mention Trump? Well, (laughs) you're not going to believe this. Well, maybe if you follow this podcast for any length of time. Yeah, you you will believe this. So Donald Trump was indicted 42 years ago to the day after another attempted political assassination. And that was the, the shooting of Ronald Reagan. The attempted assassin came within a fraction of an inch of killing President Reagan. 42 years ago to the day they indicted Donald Trump. Um, yeah. By a New York grand jury. For what? And this has never happened in history, and they're not investigating the Biden crime family, but a private payment to a private party about a private matter before he became president. That's what they're doing. And we don't think this will go anywhere, but keep an eye on the story. They're doing this to keep... This is like a distraction, or what some might call a diversion. A diversion. A diversion. They don't want you to see how the American people are suffering under this economy and this Biden regime, how there's some massive problems in America that aren't getting reported, whether it's our lack of national security, our southern border chaos and crisis, the opioid crisis, um, drugs, what's happening in the public schools. They're using this attack against Trump as a diversion. Now, Back to ABC, CBS, NBC. I pray to God that you guys don't believe what they report. Um, Network News reported on the Trump investigation. Their coverage totaled, so far, 273 minutes of reporting on Trump being investigated and what that's all about. Now, remember, they, they love to hate Trump, right? And this is not a political issue. We're talking truth truth here. Truth? Or oh, we're talking about giving people information and letting Americans decide? We're so far f- away from the original principles of journalism in this country, friends, and please be warned. Please be warned about our media, local media as well. Don't trust them. Don't watch, don't trust. Don't believe. So, 273 minutes of Trump investigation coverage. You know how much they've investigated the Biden family corruption? Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, the laptop, Biden's connections to China, and anything else that's going on. I'm not kidding you. Zero. Zero coverage. This has been a study confirmed, and the Media Research Center put it out. 273 minutes on Donald Trump investigating You know, the Trump investigation and zero minutes talking about Biden corruption. Who are they protecting and why? You know. There you know. Now, um, Mary Danielson mentioned this Friday. Groundbreaking analysis. This is over at Children's Health Defense. COVID vaccines caused 300,000 excess deaths and $147 billion in damage to the economy in 2022 alone. All right? They tried to estimate the human cost. And this is a new new analysis by Humanity Projects. It's a wing of a Portugal-based research firm, uh, Finance Technologies. Now, there's a lot of information in here, but it really it backs up what we've been trying to warn about and talk about. We just didn't have the numbers. But general findings say 50%. There's a 50% increase in lost work time between 2019 and 2022. These are due to some of the, the strict policies, COVID policies, that some of them never had to be implemented. Others, if they were implemented after getting more information, and finding out the truth about COVID and its spread and the, quote, science behind it, you could then pull back on the policies. But, no, they doubled down. Some governors and some mayors doubled down. Yeah, so, anyway, that's over at Children's Health Defense. Now, this other article, a study estimated the COVID-19 vaccine injured 26 million people, injured, causing almost 150 billion in damages. That other one says 147. So when you're talking about over hundreds of uh, millions, billions in damages. So this study confirmed that 26 million people suffered injuries after taking the shot in 2022. Yeah, Um, the Vaccine Damage Project was published by the investment firm Finance Technologies, and it sought to study the direct impact of the inoculations on individuals at a population level. So we, I mean, we, we've talked about this. We talked about it a little, a little bit with Scott Shera on the podcast on Friday, um, and he filed the lawsuit against um, Ascension Systems and St. Elizabeth's Hospital in Appleton, not just the hospital because they've got probably millions in you know, protection insurance, but against the actual doctors and nurses who, were responsible in that case, and we talked about it again Friday with Scott Shera. Um, and I've mentioned we, my wife and I, are still you know dealing with some of this. We're hoping to get a neurological consult for her uh, that would be coming up, hopefully this in the next couple of weeks, because she was misdiagnosed. There are some hospital systems that do not; they cannot. They're so pro-globalist and pro vaccine and big pharma, and, and some of them mean well, some of them know what they're doing, but they cannot, when you go in with a problem after the vaccine, they cannot start with the premise that the vaccine caused injury. But now more information is coming out, and we're finding out about FND, functional neurological disorder. But we need to move on because we're running out of time already. Let's go to this article from News Bites that Mary Danielson shares every week. And we will link to, at StandUpForTheTruth.com blog, News Bytes, B-Y-T-E-S. And Big Tech Won't Protect Our Kids. Big Tech Won't Protect Our Kids. This is a good article by John Stone Street at Breakpoint.org. Parents today are caught between a rock and a hard place on one hand, allowing kids online means exposure to content that threatens their mental health and their innocence. On the other hand, removing online access threatens to socially isolate kids from their friends and peer groups. What are parents to do? (laughs) Let me stop right there. We talked about, I think it was with Alex Newman, it might have been before that on the podcast about the left and those who would do evil and want to brainwash or indoctrinate your kids. They have access to American children at younger and younger ages, younger than any time in our history, they have access. That's one problem. They meaning the left. Um, and the other problem is your friends, your kids' friends, their peer groups. Most of your children's friends do not come from Christian homes. Most of them will have whatever they want on their iPhone, iPad, laptops, and your kids are friends with them, so just use caution. Make the connection there. But um, social media, um, you heard of TikTok, right? They announced that it would introduce new features designed to limit access for the app users to just 18 to 60 minutes per day to help parents monitor usage and, and to silence notifications. Well, unfortunately, these steps are unlikely to provide the silver bullet the parents so desperately need right now for at least two reasons. First, the tool is flawed. There's nothing to stop minors from continuing to use the app once the hour limit is reached. Rather, at that point, TikTok will simply notify users with a prompt to keep using the app. Though kids under 13 will need parental approval, to continue on TikTok, minors aged 13 to 17 can simply create their own passcode and keep using the app. See how that works? Second, parental controls cannot override the ideological commitments of social media platforms. I think he put that wonderfully. Again, parental controls cannot override the ideological commitments of of social media platforms. TikTok is a perfect example. Last year, the platform updated its community guidelines to prohibit, quote, anti-LGBTQ plus content and to promote inclusion. What does that mean? Well, that means the biblical worldview is going to be attacked, discriminated against, pointed as the problem if they're trying to prohibit anything that would disagree with or be, quote, anti-LGBTQ. Remember, diversity, equity, and inclusion, DEI, is going to be the death knell to uh, a lot of people. Today, a simple TikTok search will turn up thousands of videos, thousands of trans-identifying teenage girls happily flaunting mutilated chests, after what is called, quote, top surgery. They're out there, um, and they're proud, and they're marketing it, saying, hey, this worked for me, I'm happy now. What a lie. Well, if if they happen to be happy in the moment, give them a week or a month or a year. Just one of these videos of of a teenage girl flaunting, her surgically removed chest garnered over 3, I'm sorry, 30 million views, 30 million views, 644,000 likes and 18,000 shares. Parents should not rely on any social media outlet or big tech out or TikTok in this case to shield kids from this content. So-called parental controls cannot replace direct an intentional parental engagement. Wow, that is so heartbreaking, friends. It's so heartbreaking that this many people are m- mutilating themselves <clears throat> or having the medical community do it. And I put medical community in quotes. Do no harm, right? Isn't, isn't that the oath? Do no harm. Well, since 2015, um, smartphone, social media use, teens are spending less time together in person because of all this technology. As of 2021, almost three-quarters of of minors were owners of smartphones by age 12. And 84% of teenagers... Use social media, 84%. Given that the majority of teens do interact online, limiting or eliminating a teen's usage of social media seems unthinkable to a lot of parents and could have isolating effects on students, right? Limiting screen time could even, in some cases, make pre-existing conditions like depression and mental instability worse. But... We are not only shaped by ideas and images, but also by our practices, our habits. And any long-term solution to the problems that social media present will have to directly engage our habits and practices. This means that parents must not only train their children to think critically and biblically about content that they encounter online, especially on matters of gender and sexuality. They also have to work to cultivate better habits of heart and mind as practical alternatives in our present technological culture. All right. Um, there's families that are trying to work for better solutions on this as well. So just I hope you're part of family groups, homeschooled groups, and things like that. Um, we can't escape digital technology today. Well, you can, but it's really not practical, or reasonable, but you can. So, um, But foster critical thinking and discernment in the biblical worldview. Make sure you're building up your kids and teaching them. So, quick article. Uh, Chinese parents were asked to sign kindergarten family commitment not to believe in religion. <laughs> A good Communist Party education starts from kindergarten, and it should necessarily include atheism. So, Last month, uh, Christian parents from um, the Longwan district of Wenzhou, Zijiang, sent to several human rights media pages that they are required to sign to have their children age 3, 4, 5, and 6 to continue to attend kindergarten. The documents look genuine. Similar texts have been circulated previously by China, but it's called a kindergarten family commitment not to believe in religion. And it has to be signed by the parents who should indicate the name of the children. So the mandatory statement they promise to educate their children to socialism and atheism. In another crackdown on religious freedom, local authorities in eastern Chinese cities ordered parents of kindergartens to sign this. And this is not surprising, knowing the Chinese Communist Party. But that's something that they do officially, but let me look at, draw a parallel unofficially. What are they doing in America unofficially? Now, parents don't need to sign anything. But when you send your kids to the government-run school system, um, you, we're looking down our, our noses at the Chinese Communist Party and what they're doing over there, having parents sign a commitment not to believe in religion or or in Christianity more specifically, in our country, in America, isn't that what they're doing? We have an ABC culture, and in the school system, it is no different. What's ABC? Anything but Christ. And this has gone on, friends, for decades, and too many people have thought that, well, my kids won't be influenced by this system, by the curriculum, by the teachers, by the Whoever. Um, It's sad. It's just really sad. I want to go over really quickly, and this, I know we're jumping around, but I've only got five minutes left. To respond briefly, um, we did a program over at Educated for Freedom Project last week responding to this quote, pastor of a congregation. I believe it was North Carolina, but don't quote me on that. It's an LGBTQ pastor saying that drag is Holy, and he also said that the church must celebrate drag. I'll, I'll put that link in the podcast notes. The pastor told the congregation this, so we reacted to this. And one of the thi- he said, we must call out the hypocrisy and the injustice, and said Jesus called himself a mother hen, longing to gather up her chicks. Jesus called himself a mother hen he said if Jesus can be a mother hen then you can dress in drag oh my goodness this is what I'm, I'm typing this in right now I just want to bring up uh, that um, that scripture by Jesus what did he really say because I'm going to read it in context I'm not going to just paraphrase it I got to read it in context is Luke uh, 13. Let's see, 1334, and this is in context of Jesus coming into Jerusalem and looking over the city, grieved. He said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who killed the prophets and stoned those who sent you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. And you were not willing. Who's you, the people of Israel, the leaders in particular? the one who kills Jerusalem, who kills the prophets and those sent to you. And so this pastor, and I'll put the pastor in air quotes because this is not a real pastor according to the Bible I read. He's read—he's not reading from the Bible. he I don't know what, maybe he's reading from the message, but he's probably reading for some paraphrase or making up his own religion. And this is what people do. He's an apostate, this guy. He looks like he's in his early 30s. But when you say Jesus called himself a mother hen, you are you're not just perverting scripture. You are ripping it completely out of context. So what I said on this program over at educated, stayeducated.org, I said, Sir, you need to repent and before judgment day, um, or you are going to hell if you don't repent from this, from perverting God's word and for calling evil good and saying something that is not biblical. I mean, he's standing up for these things that are completely not biblical. It is sin. I warned that Romans 12:2 says, "Do not conform to the world's ways, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind." But this man is conforming to the world. He's wearing a rainbow, whatever you call it, they put around their shoulders, and I'm sure the church has a rainbow flag waving proudly out front uh out front of its doors. And you got to put air quotes around that church. Put air quotes around it. Anybody can call themselves a pastor. Anybody can call themselves a reverend. Anybody can anybody can say it's a church. But it's not a biblical church. So don't be fooled by these charlatans, these hucksters, these people who are, what does 2 Timothy 2 say? They're, they're, they're being held captive to do the devil's will. they got to come to their senses because they have not come to a knowledge of the truth, according to the Bible. They must escape this from the snare of the devil. The devil has them in bondage. Again, 2 Timothy 2: 24 through 26. And again, friends, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Oh, so much so much to get into now I've just got to breathe, and we've got to announce tomorrow's podcast. Um, J.B. Hickson and I, we are going to be talking a little bit more about the direction, not just not the world, but our country and our churches are even taking what may come against the church and what we need to prepare for, I think we're going to need to be ready. And I'm not talking about jumping straight ahead into severe persecution where they'll cut us off if we admit that we're Bible-believing Christians and we if we don't deny Christ. I'm talking about being able to respond to some of these narratives, talking points, and arguments. That's right, because even the Bible encourages us to do that. Um, yeah, it says, Correct those who are in opposition. That's 2 Timothy 2.24. Correct those who are in opposition because we want to bring them to a knowledge of the truth. So J.B. Hickson and I tomorrow. Um, guys, thank you. Again, remember our friends at Red Pill Prints. Go to StandUpForTheTruth.com. Click on Merch or go to our gear page. And uh, by the way, we've got a loaded week. I didn't mention at the top of the podcast we had to reschedule with Alex McFarland. He was on the schedule for today. If you're looking at the calendar on our website, we'll get Alex McFarland rescheduled. He had a conflict. You will hear from Jim Harden again. And by the way, that excuse the FBI used, the way they can't find these terrorists. The FBI can't find domestic terrorists, terrorists in the dark. Because of some of this video footage of them bombing pro-life pregnancy centers and churches and, and vandalizing it. It happened at night. So I think we need to get a campaign going to send the FBI some flashlights. What do you think? Um, all right, Thursday, Paul Scharf of Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry. We're going to be talking about Passover. Friday, Jonathan Brentner is back. He's got a new book coming up, but we're also going to talk about the truth of the resurrection and reasons you can believe. God bless you, friends, and as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.